Hello? Yes, hi. Hi, Miss Darlene. And hello to the listeners out there in podcast land. This is Talk It Up with Angela Maria coming again with another segment on tonight. And I have a special treat for you. We have an author, an author with us tonight. I'm so excited um, because she has some very interesting, important news and awareness that she's going to be sharing with us tonight. And we're going to go ahead and get right into it and get started. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and tell um, what it is that she wants the listeners to know about Darlene L. Scott, which I've already said her name, but I'll (laughs) let her go ahead and introduce herself. Well, Angela... Well, Angela, as an author and a Christian, I'm just Darlene, impacting the world with unconditional love and positive change. I like that. And it's so needed in this day and time. (laughs) So being an author, um, Darlene, uh, what is your driving point that you want um, us to know about as far as you writing? And what is your book all about? And also tell us what's the title of your book. As a survivor of a child sexual assault, I was inspired to create a children's book entitled What a Nice Guy to raise awareness on child sexual assault and abductions. Wow. Okay. And um, this happened um, how many years ago? Uh, When I was 10 years old, I'd say maybe 40 years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, repeat the name of your books one more time for everyone. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. So after I did some research um, on your Instagram page, mm-hmm. I, found that, I found a letter there <laughs> that um, was written to you by someone special to a lot of people in the world, um, our former president, Obama. Yes. So can you please... Tell the listeners and myself what the letter was about and how did you feel receiving a letter from the president, the former president of the United States? Well, after sharing my story with President Obama, I decided to ask why child sexual assault didn't receive the same support as other causes like ALS, autism and others. With words of encouragement, President Obama also sent me a copy of a declaration that he signed in 214, the president declared April was National Sexual Awareness and Prevention Month. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. Uh, Neither did I. Um, I didn't know if you had the letter actually on hand. Um, Maybe you could, you know, if if it's not too long, if you wanted to um, read part of it to the listeners. Well, unfortunately, at this time, I have it framed because I discovered it was a national treasure and it's it's worth uh, some money. So I keep it framed. So I couldn't tell you. But, you know, basically, he encouraged me to continue my writing and that he, you know, I had his support. Did you feel or believe that he'd even write you back? No, it was uh, I was watching something on television. I heard that he answers at least 1,500 of his emails. And I said, you know, why not? I just <laughs> want to share this. You know, I'm going to share it. I'm going to take a chance. You know, the Lord spoke to me and I said, I'm going to do it. And uh-huh. he responded. I was shocked. 
Wow. So when you got the, the letter, just kind of like if you can reenact um, that day, you know, seeing that amongst all the other male, what was the intensity? You know, how did you respond? Well, when the Lord spoke to me and told me to write, you know, what a nice guy, you know, I just thought the world received it because of all the evilness was going on in the world with child molestation. I thought, you know, the community and my family would support me and, you know, literary agents would be knocking at my door and that wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And um, what happened was my daughter said, mom, the mail lady left a letter for you. I was like, well, it's probably a bill. Why didn't she put it in the mailbox? And she said, mom, this is not um, a regular letter or a bill. And she brought me this huge envelope, yellow envelope. And it said the White House. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> and I read the letter and I was like, oh, my God, I was so honored. It was like I heard from the Lord. So when I looked <laughs> at the letter and I seen, I said, oh, my God, it's two signatures. And I said, well, maybe, you know, somebody rubber stamped it. And the Lord said, turn the paper over. And when I turned the letter over, the ink from his signature had leaked through the page. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. And it's just like the Lord spoke to me and said, darling, no matter what man says before you don't you ever forget i am the finisher of your fate i'm the author and finisher of your fate so don't absolutely. be discouraged absolutely did he receive a copy of what a nice guy no i basically shared excerpts from from the for the book i shared mm -hmm. that with him and told him what my plight was about because you know we have a lot of entertainers who confess to be uh sexually assaulted but I find it strange that nobody is standing up for, for children that's been sexually assaulted. You know, Correct. a child shouldn't have to wait for me too to say I've been sexually assaulted as an adult. Mm -hmm. So this is one of my driving forces for writing him like say, hey, I didn't even know that Child Sexual Assault Awareness Month had a color. It's teal. April, oh, I didn't think that. Yes, and, and they also celebrate autism in April, but child sexual assault victims don't get that much attention. Oh, okay. Now that I know that, I definitely will make sure that that's something to care of. So after receiving the letter, the impact, the change, how did that enhance your awareness and your cause, like in your hometown, on platforms, just within yourself? How did you take the next step? I mean, because I know you just had to be like on cloud nine after receiving a letter from former president, at that time, the president of the United States. Well, my goal was to work up every community by raising awareness on child sexual assault. People have been playing possum for centuries, and it's time for a change. The only way we can offend the devil is by revealing the truth. In order to protect the innocence of our children, we must raise awareness. This shouldn't, be still, shouldn't still be taboo in any community. And you feel like it, it's still a vast range of taboo where people really are not um, like going hard for sexual abuse in children. No, because based on the past, other generations mm -hmm. were told, oh, that happened to me, just get over it. And we're not being healed from the brokenness. So the generational curse continues. So when a child goes through it, you know, it's like, okay, I went through it. Hush, it's okay. You'll make it. I survived. But not realizing that that horrific act has caused a brokenness in that child. Correct. Do you think that the Me Too movement um, 
has really put a dent in that or it's still a lot more work to be done, especially when it comes to the children? Well, I see the Me Too movement is effective for adults. It does nothing for children. Correct. You know, I've befriended some of the people in the Me Too movement and now what they're calling it is the rape culture. This shouldn't have to be a part of our culture. It should. Somebody should break the generational curse. So I look at it as being a child advocate and a survivor. You know, someone took my silence when I was 10. I don't have to be, I don't have to remain silent now. Mm-hmm. And anybody who have children, I believe they should observe what their child is not saying. Don't make it comfortable because if that child don't want to kiss uncle so-and-so or your friend Bob, don't force it. Don't think that child is being mean. Look at the big picture, what's going on. Ask questions. And that's one of the, thing, one of the things my books, you know, uh, informs parents. is a book that gets the child and the parent talking. Not just you read the story and I want you to remember it. It's a lesson in it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it tells the children, I, I guess, awareness about who to trust, who not to trust. What are the things like what to look for, what signs? Well, my well, my book goes beyond just good touch, bad touch. I also include a lesson plan. I include a, a, oh. a certificate of completion. And I also include a copy of my letter from President Obama. Not like oh. this is not just something that, oh, I decide to write and it's going to be a fairy tale. No. I give parents clues. Like if you tell your child not to speak to strangers and then they happen to see you and your child walking, as soon as they pay your child a compliment, you begin talking. You tell them not to speak to strangers, but that person will say, oh, what a beautiful dress. What's your name? And the parent will say, tell a lady your name. You just open up Pandora's box. That's true. The child is confused. I don't have children, but I've witnessed it in grocery stores and, and you know, Walmart, different places. And that is absolutely true. And then the old cliche that still happens today, I guess not as much, of giving, you know, starts with a piece of candy. But not just a piece of candy, with that just hello, you have showed your child, I've just made a new friend. So if that person see your child walking home from school and say, hey, Remember me? Oh, yeah, that, your mommy's new friend. I'm at the supermarket. Let me give you a ride. That child is trusting because we opened that door and said, welcome to a stranger. Wow. That's a good point. That's exactly right. You, you open up Pandora's box and they feel like because mommy trusts you, daddy trusts you, I can trust you. Exactly. And in dealing with that, what are you currently working on with your fighting calls? Um, well, what a nice guy. What, uh, what currently happened? Say it again, I didn't hear you. I said, what are you currently working on as far as your main goals still and fight um, and cause within the book? Well, basically what I've been doing with What a Nice Guy, I have, uh, my as an independent author, my book is currently sold on Amazon. So what I've been doing is raising money myself and shipping books to different child protective services, law enforcement, public schools. And I also support a group in Nigeria because in Nigeria, they campaign hard for the safety of their children. And wow. I've gotten acknowledgement for them. So 
You know, when I wrote the book, God never said, hey, you're going to become famous. You're going to make a lot of money. He said, you tell your story for my glory. Because mm -hmm. I wouldn't want a child to go through my experience. Because once a child mm -hmm. loses their innocence, it cannot be replaced. That's true. And so Nigeria? Oh, my gosh. Yes, that, Nigeria. Awesome. And I met this group on um, Instagram. Uh-huh. And um I And so how, how long have you been working with them? Almost a year now. Almost a year now. The name of the group, I can't say it correctly, but it's K I Y E S I N I and they're on Instagram. And they send me uh we do uh voice chat, uh they send me videos and the kids send me messages and they're currently working on sending me a Nigerian flag with their autograph on it. I mean, you know, one of my friends said to me, sometimes you gotta go outside of the United States to be recognized. And it's not just to be recognized, it's to bridge that gap and help other children because they're not just being sexually assaulted. Those kids are being mutilated over there. So they're reading your book over they there? They started a book club. <laughs> that is so awesome. Uh, how did that make you feel knowing that you were able to provide that type of knowledge and support to Nigeria and to receive it back from them? I felt I felt honored, especially when I got the video chat and they called me, you know, they called me Mama Scott. And I didn't know <laughs> the little the, the little because I don't belong to a church, but I pay my tithes in my community. And I started sending them tithes. And I didn't know until they told me, you know, Mama Scott, when you send us donations, you help send the child to school. Over there, education ain't free for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we are so blessed in this country that we sit back and take advantage of these things that is not owed to us when people are struggling that want an education can't afford it. That's absolutely true. So compared to the support and how they are looking at your book and being interactive with that type of awareness, as opposed to that in the United States, do you feel like um, it, it's, it's over, you've been overlooked or how would you describe that? I feel everything happens in God's time. And my goal is to get my book on the shelves of every elementary school there is because I know how I felt to pretend to be normal when you wasn't. You know, at 10 mm -hmm. years old, I kept that secret because Mr. Nice Guy made everybody think he was so wonderful. He baited me with books and, and candy and uh, albums. He was, he was my stepfather. So when it and a lot of times. That's where it happens within the family. Exactly. You got cousins, you got uncles. You know, I've heard so many, when I, when I wrote the book and I said, oh, Lord, this is a children's book. I had so many people that wrote me and they read in their reviews on Amazon. It's like, you know, you freed me. I wish this book was out when I was a kid. You know, I would have knew just what to do. And I feel as though... Hi. You know, the school, the school district often say, you know, these, this generation is out of control. And I said, nobody ever stopped to think what's going on in that child's household. You know, people express right. hurt people hurt others. So they don't mm -hmm. know what's going on in that child's household. Is that child being sexually assaulted? I know with me, school was my refuge. 
And when it came time to go home, I became angry because I knew what was going to happen. It only happened one time, but the effects was he went from being Mr. Nice Guy to being Mr. Abusive Guy. He done he done things to make my mother become abusive or put me on punishment for nonsense. That was his way because he wanted to control me and he couldn't. And I held that secret for six years. Now, by you withholding the secret, did you do it because you was afraid no one would believe you? Did you do it because you felt like it was your fault? Or what? from that standpoint of thinking about it then as a child and now as an adult, was it two different reasons? One of the reasons I felt, and I was just having this conversation with a family member today. And he was saying, if that ever happened to my child, I'll go to jail and I'll kill it. I'll kill whoever. And I said, don't say it that way. That's because I had a good father. I had a supportive father. My father was my best friend. And he told me those same words. Don't trust that guy. He's too nice to you. And I said, hey, dad's just jealous. He don't know what he's talking about. And I felt if I told, my mother was going to be against me because that was now her husband. And if I told, my hero was going to go to jail and I would never see him again. I didn't want to sacrifice losing my father, so I kept the secret. Right. Which often, that's what a lot of kids, you know, they don't want to see the father leave or the mama leave or the family broken up. Um, So they'll hold back. And not only that, you know, a child don't want to seem to feel or people look at them differently. Oh, was she fast? Did she bring it on herself? Or what did she do? You know, those who went through it said, well, she can get over that. I went through it. So that child feels like, I don't want to be, I don't want to seem different. I, you know, I don't know how it is to, to be a child anymore because I don't know how to act. And it's so sad because children already struggle with things educationally sometimes at school. But now to interact something pertaining to home, that's just a whole nother ideal that they really shouldn't have to go through. Well, one, of, um, one, of, we- one of the things parents need to realize, it's the predator's job to convince the family in the community that he would never hurt a child. And from where mm-hmm. I stand, nobody's exempt. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard stories of women going to church confessing that they was molested by a family member and went and confessed to their pastor. And the pastor, the pastor wound up being the new predator. And I had to tell the sister, what? no, that pastor was wrong because if you came to him with any sexual issues, he's supposed to stop you right there and brought you to the mother of the church or his wife. So he became the prey. You understand what I'm saying? He takes all types yes. of, uh, of disguises to manipulate. That's, that's the devil's job, to convince you these things didn't happen. And that's true. So in regards to your name, um, Scott, which is your last name, mm-hmm. and your causes of awareness against sexual molestation with children, um, has that name had any type of impact or influence like within you, yourself, um, what you're writing, why you're writing? Um, well, my, how does that incorporate? Well, my dad's family, you know, his, all his siblings had died out. And it's me and my sister, and we have family members scattered, I say, throughout the nation. After doing my legacy, you know, I learned that, you know, we migrated from um, Barbados. 
and excuse me, from the Bahamas. So I started, uh, you know, I thought that was fantastic. I was like, wow, this is fabulous. So as I was going through it, I said, wow. And I put Scott together and I came up with Scott Tabulous. And I just got the name trademark because I used to design T-shirts. I used to do iron-ons. I used to do press-ons. And what I did was I trademarked the name. And I said, people look at the graphics of the T-shirt without reading the words. And that's what I want to make it stand out. So I started a page on Facebook that says, Scott, Scott, you're related by blood or you're related by association. And I want to find out what part about my legacy do these people fit in? Because I'm, I'm curious. And I find this is mm-hmm. another way to impact the world. Well, that's great. I'm hoping that, you know, uh, a lot of people are um, trying to interact with you with that name. Um, and uh, I mean, because it's a way to connect, whether it's by blood or, like you said, by name association. Um, and as far as giving back and pay it for, I know you mentioned Nigeria. I know you mentioned, um, you know, raising money yourself. Are there anything else that you'd like your listeners to know as far as paying for it, give back? Is there a GoFundMe or I've, um, I've, I've, tried, I've tried GoFundMe's and that didn't work for me. Um, with part of my uh, part of the, part of, excuse me part of the Scott legacy, my dad used to always give back to the community. And with my grandson raising my grandson and and, and you know other family members, we give back to the community by donating baked goods or fixing meals for public servants like the police department, our favorite butcher, our neighbors. You know, just spreading unconditional love because people are not used to that. And and where I was raised in Harlem, somebody said that was an impoverished community, but I couldn't tell how I was raised. We had rent parties. You know, somebody lost their job. Somebody took a collection. That's what I'm used to doing. So I'm feeling as though I'm fine. I'm following God's plan and he's going to bless me. I believe so too. Um, I've never heard of a rent party, but I think that is great supporting each other in the neighborhood. So where can the listeners find you on social media? What are your tag names? They can find me on Facebook at RU a Scott, A-R-E, the letter U, the letter A, and the word Scott. I'm on Instagram as Faith Has No Fear. And my email address is authordlscott at gmail.com. Love it. And as we're closing out, um, is there anything that you want your listeners to know? What's, What's the most important thing that you would like to close out with? I think we should spread more unconditional love. And for those of us that are Christians, um, I think we need to, and this is a segment in my up and coming book called Me, God, and the Rainbow, S-M-G-B. Stop minding God's business. Don't get so caught up in judging other people because it took God to transform every disciple. And I know he hasn't stopped working. We just need to mm, continue to, right. we need to just keep loving unconditionally. That's all we, we required to spread good news. It's not for us to judge nobody else, how they love, how they wear their hair. We're supposed to just love. I love that. Can you give the acronym one more time? It's S-M-G-B. 
Stop minding God's business. I have a T-shirt coming out this summer with that with the acronym on it. Okay, y'all heard that right? <laughs> Listen, got that T-shirt coming. My tablets, please go and check her out on social media. I have enjoyed this podcast recording with you. Thank you so much for being my guest on tonight. Thank you for having me, Angela. It's been a pleasure. And it's also um, Nashville International Women's Day, so we're right on time. Exactly. (laughs) On both parts. I commend you. I admire you. Um, Can you also let us know, you said your book is on uh, Amazon yes, is it audio? Is paperback? It's on. It's on. Um, it's an ebook and it also paperback. The ebook is I think four ninety nine or five ninety nine. The paperback, which includes a copy of um our president's letter, is nine ninety nine, and it's under D L Scott. What a nice guy on Amazon. What a nice guy. All right, listeners. What a nice guy. Please go out there and support um, author D L Scott. And uh, if you like this recording uh, podcast, I would love if you would give it um, a thumbs up and you will also be getting some posts on my social media, especially Instagram and all my platforms. My link will have her, uh, my link of my bio will have this recording in it so you'll be able to hear it. And again, Ms. Scott, I really appreciate you being my guest on tonight. Thank you, you so much. Day. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.